Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 4. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are going to be doing quite a bit of traveling this morning. Uh, in the Bible, I would encourage you to keep your finger in Romans chapter 4 or bookmark it in some way as we'll leave Romans and then we will come back to it. If you have been with us, you know the first three chapters in Romans has been pretty dark as Paul has accused the heathen, the hypocrite, the Hebrew, and all of humanity They were all guilty before God. Look at chapter 3 in verse 23. Verse 23 says what? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Now it's just about this point, are you listening, that they were losing all hope. And we were losing all hope because things were pretty dark. From chapters 1 through chapter 3, right about verse 21, things were pretty dark. And then it was at that point, last week if you were with us, you know at that point, Paul introduced to us the miracle of justification. Justification. Remember we talked about it, that's when a man or a woman is declared righteous apart from works, apart from the law, but by simply having faith in Jesus. Justification. Justification is something that is pronounced, we talked about. It isn't earned. It isn't deserved. It can't be worked for. It is God who pronounces forgiveness and justifies you. Remember I told you, justified means what? Just as if I never sinned. God looks at us just as if we never sinned. Which then brings us to chapter 4. As Paul listened, are you listening? Paul seems to say, hmm, what can I do? What example could I give? Who could I pick that would best prove that God's righteousness comes from faith and not from works? And Paul says, I know. What about Abraham? Father Abraham, the father of the Jewish race. Romans chapter 4, we pick up in verse 1, saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. What then, Paul says, shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has something to boast about. But you can't boast before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham, what saints? Believe God. And it was accounted, underline that, to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. 
But to him in verse 5 who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for what? Righteousness. Now give me your attention. Stop right there. It's very interesting in this chapter, over and over and over again, you read the words accounted, account, imputed, or reckoned. Accounted, account, imputed, imputes, or reckoned. Over and over. This word, these words, are actually a business term. And it literally means, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It means to put down to one's account. This word, or some form or variation of account, accounted, this word is used 41 times in the New Testament. 35 times, are you listening, in Paul's writing, and 19 of those times are used in the book of Romans. 11 times, it's used right here in chapter 4. Look at chapter 4 in verse 3. Go ahead and look at it. We see the word accounted. And then in verse 4, we see counted. Verse 5, accounted. Verse 6, imputes. Verse 8, impute. Verse 9, accounted. Verse 10, accounted. Verse 11, imputed. You still tracking with me? Jump over to verse 22, accounted. Verse 23, imputed. Verse 24, imputed. So 11 times in this chapter, it's concentrated. Are you listening? It's concentrated that God puts down to one's account righteousness that can only be had by faith. You know, somebody once said that Romans is Paul's accounting book. I like that. Paul's accounting book. The word reckoned, imputed, accounted, can be translated credited. Credited. Now, many of you know that term, bad credit. Oh, don't say amen now. Credited. It's credited to your account. Here's the point. When we believe in Jesus... Our sin is transferred to his account. And watch this. His righteousness is transferred to our account. Amen. Amen. Hey, this half of the room can say amen. Our sin. This is good news. My sin. Your sin is transferred from your account and put on his account. Yes. His righteousness. It's not your righteousness. It's not a righteousness that you deserve. It is his righteousness is transferred from his account to your account. It's his righteousness, not ours. It's made to us, given to us, by faith. And we receive something, the Bible says, that we could never earn. So Paul masterfully lays out what the reformers call sola fide. Sola fide. Faith, it's Latin. Faith alone. We'll talk about sola gratia, which is grace alone. And then the Bible talks about sola scriptura. That would be what? Scripture alone. 
Paul masterfully lays it out that men are saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then he begins to explain by using the Old Testament saint Abraham. And then next week when you come back, he's going to hold up an Old Testament sinner, David, as we'll talk about next week. But look at verse 2 in your Bibles. If you go ahead and look at it again, Paul says, listen, if Abraham were justified by works, he would have something to boast about. But he couldn't boast before God. Why? Because, listen, even if works could justify a man, he would still in some way fall short of God's glory. Because chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So even if works could justify a man, we still all <coughs> seem to fall short in some way. So Paul then makes it clear that Abraham's righteousness did not come from his good works, but from his belief in God. It was a righteousness obtained by faith. Notice the Bible says in verse 3, look at it again. Abraham believed God. Did you note that? Abraham believed God. Notice the Bible doesn't say Abraham believed in God. Don't you understand that there is a vast difference between believing in God and believing God? The devils believe God in God. They believe in God. Matter of fact, they, the demons believe so much so that they're smarter than you because they tremble. We shake our fist at God. The demons tremble, the Bible says. So the demons, they believe in God. But listen, there is a difference between believing in God and believing God. You see, Abraham believed the God of the Bible. He believed that there was a Messiah coming who would provide forgiveness of sin. Abraham believed God. What do you mean, Rodney? Genesis chapter 22. You read that in your own time. But don't you remember when Abraham was just about to offer up Isaac? And he did that in faith. Why? Because he believed God. Now, keep your finger in Romans chapter 4 and travel with me to Genesis chapter 12. We're talking about the faith of Abraham. You understand? We're talking about Abraham's faith. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Turn quick. Genesis chapter 12. And if you're taking notes, I want you to begin to write down right about here. I'm going to give you three points. About the faith of Abraham. Three points about the faith of Abraham. Number one, if you're taking notes, Abraham's faith was based on a person and the promise of God. Abraham's faith was based on the person and the promise of God. Secondly, talking about Abraham's faith, Abraham's faith resulted in pilgrimage. He was a pilgrim tell you more about it in just a second. And then thirdly, we'll be talking about Abraham's faith was patient. Abraham's faith was patient. Abraham's faith was based on the person and the promise of God. Abraham's faith resulted in pilgrimage. And then finally, we'll talk about Abraham's faith was patient in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, 
from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, Abraham. Abraham, I will bless you. And God says, I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abraham in verse 4 departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was how old, saints? 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Do you remember from the book of Acts in Stephen's sermon? Stephen tells us that the God of glory appeared to Abraham while he was in Ur of the Chaldeans in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia on your map today is modern day Iraq, where God appeared to Abraham. And when God called Abraham, listen, he lived with his father. Abraham's father's name was Terah, T-E-R-A-H, Terah. And Terah, Abraham's father, was a terror because Abraham's father, Abraham's family were pagan worshipers. Abraham's family were idol worshipers. You know, it's one Jewish rabbi who said Abraham's family owned and operated a successful idol store. Like idols are us. They were idol worshippers. And listen, there is no reason not to believe that Abraham didn't also worship these pagan gods because he didn't know anything else. So while when God called Abraham, he was an idol worshiping Gentile. And God told Abraham, according to chapter 12, to pack it up that he was going to show Abraham how to have a real godly faith. And then God gave Abraham the promises of God. God said, Abraham, get out of your country, leave your family, your parents and your in-laws and get going. And I will show you what land you're going to dwell in. And did you notice how many times God said, I'm going to do it, Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will give you a great name. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you, God said. God went on to say, in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. Here is the point, saints, listen. When God called Abraham, he wasn't a Jew. When God called Abraham, God called Abraham out of grace. Not of his own righteousness, not because he deserved it, because Abraham was an idol-worshipping Gentile when God called him. From Abraham comes the Jewish people. But when God called him, God called him. We learn about grace way back when God called Abraham. It wasn't anything that he had done. It wasn't any righteousness of his own. God called Abraham because God chose to call Abraham. And Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Well, then verse 4 in your Bibles, look at it again, tells us that Abraham believed God and he took off. And he departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old. So as you fast forward through the story, Abraham is heading down south. Give me your attention. 
And there's a famine in the land. And Abraham tells his wife to act like his sister. Because Sarah's really pretty. And, she, and, and Abraham thinks because Sarah's really pretty, they're going to want to take Sarah and kill Abraham. And Sarah's pretty and Abraham, he looks just okay. <laughs> so Abraham says, Sarah, listen. Honey, I want you to lie. And when they see you, I want you to tell them that you are my sister. And because Abraham, listen close, was facing a difficult situation, he began to become discouraged. And God again reminded him of his promises. Fast forward to chapter 13 in the book of Genesis. Turn quickly and look at verse 14. God reminds him. Look at verse 14, chapter 13, verse 14. God says, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you now are, Abraham, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, Abraham, and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I will give it to you. God says, Abraham, I'm not only going to make you a great nation, but I'm going to give you all the land that you can see. And I'm going to make your descendants like the dust of the earth. And then go fast forward to chapter 15 as Abraham faces another challenge. After having a battle with four powerful kings, Abraham got victory, but he was afraid that they might retaliate. And look at chapter 15, beginning right about verse 5. As God comes to Abraham again and says, look now toward heaven and count the stars, Abraham, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. You see that? And he accounted it to him for righteousness. There's Romans 4 again. God counted it for righteousness because he believed, not because he behaved. Amen. But because he believed. And God is saying, Abraham, I'm going to do a work in your life that will blow your mind. Now look at chapter 15, verse 8. Look at it. Abraham said to God, did you look at it? If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Abraham said to God, how will I know that your promises are going to come to pass? And how will I know that I will inherit it? And then God said in verse 9, are you looking at it? Bring a three-year-old heifer. Bring a three-year-old female goat. A three-year-old ram. A turtle dove. A pigeon. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> well, that's, that's in my Bible. So. And then look at verse 12. Then Abraham brought them and cut them up. Look at verse 12. And he fell asleep. Then fast forward to verse 17. The sun went down, and it was dark, and there was smoke and burning torch that passed between the pieces. Now, saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. We need to understand something culturally. In that culture, when a covenant was made, the animal was cut up, and actually the animal was positioned in pieces, in a certain position. And then both parties of the covenant would light the animal on fire 
And that meant that the covenant was sealed by both parties agreeing to do their share of the agreement. But did you know when Abraham got everything set up, the Lord didn't show up. And Abraham in verse 12 fell asleep. And then the Lord showed up and consumed the animal with the fire. And then Abraham wakes up and he smells the burning animal. Listen. God allowed Abraham to fall asleep and then consume the animals because God was making it clear that this covenant, Abraham, wasn't going to be an equal partnership. God wasn't saying, Abraham, you do your part and I'll do my part. God was saying, Abraham, I'll do it all. Abraham, you rest and go to sleep. Amen. Amen. Woo. You know, listen. All right, Lord, help me. You know, when God makes a promise, you can go to sleep. You can go to sleep. And some of us need to go to sleep. If God has said something, don't you know that he is well capable without your help? Yes. Somebody say amen. amen. He is well capable without your help to accomplish the word that he sent. Yes. Oh, you need to rest. You need to go to sleep. And somehow so often we try to get so involved in what God has already ordained and planned. Yes. We try to help God out. Amen. Only to mess it all up. You get involved, it's all messed up. God says, I tell you what, go to sleep. We get so caught up in what we want. You know, God, I want a husband. Uh oh. <laughs> go to sleep. I got to get me a man. Go to sleep. Don't get the searching for a man. All in the supermarket at the broccoli aisle. You know, everywhere you see a man, God says, go to sleep. I want a wife. Go to sleep. You want to be blessed of the Lord? Just rest in the promise of God and go to sleep. Amen. God is saying, listen, I'll do my work apart from you. You can go to sleep and you can rest. God's got it all under control, saints. Somebody need to say amen. amen. God's got it all under control. Listen to this little story i Collected. Listen to this. Good morning from God. I am the Lord your God. Today I will be handling all your problems. Please remember that I do not need your help. If the devil happens to deliver a situation to you that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it. Kindly put it in the SFJTD, something for Jesus to do box. It will be addressed in my name, not yours. Once the matter is placed in the box, do not hold on to it or attempt to remove it. Holding on or removal will delay the resolution of your problem. If a situation that you think you are capable of handling, please consult me in prayer to be sure that it is a proper resolution. Because I do not sleep, nor do I slumber. There is no need for you to lose any sleep. Rest, my child. If you need to contact me, I am only a prayer away. Love eternally, the Lord your God. P.S. Please pass this on to all my other kids. Don't you love that? Yes. Just rest in the Lord. 
Rest in his promise. When you put your trust in Jesus, listen close, and you are born again, your guilt is removed, your sins are forgiven, you're a new creation with a new life, and you receive the hope of heaven. And now listen, all of the promises, all of the promises of God are available to you. Somebody once said that there are over 7,847 promises of God to the believer in the Bible. 7,000 promises of God. We had a little box of promises on the back of our toilet. <laughs> that's, that's what you do. I've gone so many bathrooms. They're like the little promises of God on the back of your... Listen, that little box can't hold all the promises of God. You wouldn't even be able to get in the bathroom if you, if, you, if you had them all in a box. All of God's promises are available to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul said... For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. All the promises are yes, that means for certain. And amen literally means accomplished in Christ. In other words, all blessings that come to us are brought to you by Jesus Christ. Amen, saints? Point number two, if you're tracking with me. Abraham's faith resulted in Becoming a pilgrim. Take your Bible and travel with me again to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter, you go to James, you're going too far. Back up. Hebrews chapter 11. And right around verse 8. Talking about Abraham's faith that resulted in becoming a pilgrim. Hebrews 11 verse 8. And it reads this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.